Welcome in, friends. This is Voice in the Kingdom on a Tuesday morning here on the Box 2 Radio Network, and we are so grateful for you coming along for the ride. We have Brother Whitney Ward in here, our daily co-host on Voice in the Kingdom, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m., and we have Brother Jeff Arrington on the other side of the phone, all the way from Marshall, Texas, and he's our Tuesday co-host, and we are so excited uh, to have Brother Jeff with us this morning. How are things in the Lone Star State? Going good, brother. How y'all doing? Oh man, doing great. We are blessed and highly favored, brother. Before, uh, <laughs> uh, well, God hadn't changed, so that's my joy. He changed not, so mm. uh, hallelujah. I keep my hope and trust in God that He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Amen. Circumstances don't bother Him. You know, He's not intimidated by by the earth realm and by devils, demons. He's not intimidated at all. So. Amen. He's, he's still on the throne, still ruling, being, being who he is. That's right. Yeah, he said, beside me, there is no other. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. That's right. Amen. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I'm excited about this morning, getting into the Word with the brothers and uh, sharing some uh, insight again. I know we talked a lot about, you know, prayer last week and governmental prayer. We'll do some of that today. and. But we'll try to get more understanding on our times and what's going on. Uh, you know, the scripture says the sons of Israel had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. So that's the spirit that's on us, and I look forward to it this morning. Amen. Well, now last week we talked about questions. You know, anybody have any questions? I shared a lot last week, so I'm open, okay? Okay. We'll let you. We'll let you know if they come in. All right, well, I'm ready to get started. You guys ready? Yes, sir. Let's go. We're, we talked about, you know. Uh, before hey, before we get started, I want to say one thing. Okay, me. go ahead. Well, we reported a lot this morning about all this stuff going on in the world. It almost seems gloom and doom, but I want to encourage all of our listeners, you know, instead of looking out there and seeing the world fall apart, look out there and see the harvest. Mm. There's a great harvest. Now, like no other time on the planet, there is an availability and an access you can walk up to anybody and have a conversation piece now so let's get our focus on the harvest on the lost on on the on the opportunity god has given us to go into this world and snatch those out of the fire and let's not focus on the fires burning let's stay out of the world all right i said my piece we'll get back to brother jeff <laughs> that was good amen amen i agree amen well, if you have your Bible, let's get some understanding in. And uh, let's go to Isaiah 60, uh, start at verse 1. We'll read the King James, and then we'll go Amplify. But uh, let's get some understanding of our time so we can align ourselves to the throne, you know, align ourselves to the kingdom of God, come in alignment with what God is doing, and uh, support the kingdom of God. It says in Isaiah 1, Arise, shine. For the light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. For the Lord shall arise upon thee. His glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to the light, and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. Now we see here that Isaiah's prophesying of our day that there will be darkness upon the earth, not just darkness, but gross darkness upon the people. Well, we're living in that time. 
But at the same time, we see there is something arising. And that's what I want to hone in on because I believe that God is, is uh, 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 his grace is supersedes or superabounds where sin is, grace more abounds. See? And here we see the prophecy of Isaiah uh, that was set in motion 2,000 years ago. We'll look at that. And still is being fulfilled in our day. There's a light that's come to the earth realm, glory to God. And that light is still rising upon us. It's still bringing us out of darkness. It's still bringing us out of ignorance. It's still bringing us into understanding of who we are and our identity and where we're from and what we're all about. It's something about light that dispels darkness. So we want to look at what Christ is doing. He's the light. He says, Arise, shine, for the light has come. Now, Amplified Bible says, interesting, it says that, uh, For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and dense darkness, this is verse 2, all the people. For the Lord shall arise upon you. So in the midst of the gross darkness, God is bringing more light, more understanding, more revelation to the body of Christ. Mm. At the same time that people are being engulfed by the darkness, God is bringing the glory of his light upon his people at the same time. Now, in the book of uh, uh, Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, I believe it says that there was darkness, you know, in Egypt, but there was light in Goshen. So God can, at the same time that there's uh, uh, dense darkness and Satan is active, at the same time, we have the power and authority to activate the heavens. See? Mm -hmm. And that's what governmental prayer is all about. Because Jesus said, whatsoever you bind, I will bind. Whatsoever you bind is bound. Whatsoever you lose is loose. Right. This is God responding to our actions, right? Yeah. So it's all about God is wanting to respond to his people. But we must initiate, see. We must initiate in a response from heaven. And that's what I want to talk about. Whatever we do now will, will initiate a response. If yeah. we do nothing, God will do nothing. That's right. See? Well, that... He locked himself in. If we stand up and speak, God will stand up. So we see here that the light has come upon us. The glory of the Lord has risen upon us. And God is bringing more and more a revelation of the kingdom, more and more understanding of what's going on here. And at the same time, there's a gross darkness in the earth, man. Amen. And uh, we, we can see that clearly. Well, and that, yeah. and that word dense darkness, that, that word dense allows for the word breakthrough later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Being able to, right. to describe that darkness is not just something that is dispersed, but something that is broken. Uh, I like yeah. I like that characterization. We just had uh, a listener say that it's always uplifting to hear about the kingdom and saying, thank the Lord for the glory rising upon us. Amen. So I just Amen. want to get that in there. We're going to continue that because that was set in motion uh, 2,000 years ago. We're going to kick in and look at it from a different perspective in Matthew chapter 2. So before the break here, let's go to Matthew chapter 2 and we'll set this foundation. We'll look at one scripture here and set a foundation. Matthew 2, verse 6. It says, And thou, Bethlehem, the land of Judah, are thou the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Now, this word governor, of course, is Christ. And uh, this word, if you search it out, is, is hegemai, which means official authority. So God is saying official authority is coming out of the land of Judah. 
and this is prophecy being fulfilled because Christ is that light. He is that official authority. And what's under attack today? Authority, official authority. Satan understands what official authority is all about, see, because God is authority. And here, for the first time, official authority hits the earth, earth realm, and it begins to shake the demonic powers. And still to this day, they fear official authority. That's why they attack official authority. You know what's written and described on a police badge? Do y'all know what's written on that badge that he carries? Serve and protect. Yeah, but at the top of it, it says official authority. Glory be to God. And see, this is this is in line with the kingdom of God. That's why Satan hates authority. It has nothing to do with personal police office. It has nothing to do with what he stands for, see. And Satan understood when that official authority hit the earth, he knew that he had to give heed or take heed because that official authority has backup, see? It has backup. God not only, see, the kingdom of God not just talking, but Christ said, I, I, I can call 12,000 legions if I wanted to of angels, see? He's the, he's the Lord of hosts uh, of the armies of heaven, see? And uh, thank God he didn't call for backup when he could have, but he gave himself that we might live. Hmm. Amen. And what's under attack, see, is official authority. Satan wants to remove official authority from the earth so he can remove freely and lawless lawlessness uh, through the earth realm. And we as saints, we got to wake up here, and that's what I'm going to talk about, so we can understand that we have a part because we have been given official authority, and we're going to talk about that this morning. Hallelujah. Well, you, you know, goes right along with he said it is finished and, and we set back so much and and we thank god why aren't you doing this and why aren't you doing that well he said it is finished i give you the authority to do it so if we're going to ask my thinking is if i'm going to ask god to do anything i ought to be willing to do it myself and watch him back me up that's that's what he that's what his spirit is i mean we we can sit here and pray for the lost all day long and it's great to pray for the lost but go out there and go after them. Yes. But see, that's what we're talking about. Sonship brings you into official authority. Amen. A lot, of, a lot of people have received the Holy Spirit dunamis power. But exousia is a different Greek word. That power is different. It has to do with official authority. And, and then there's a, the, the miraculous authority, which a, a miraculous ability that comes from the Holy Spirit. But then there's an official authority that comes from the Father. And we'll discuss that. my shepherd I shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures he leadeth me beside the still waters he restoreth my soul he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The 23rd Psalm. All right. And we are back with Voice in the Kingdom. 
Thank you, Anita. We're here in the Box 2 Radio Network studio and Voice in the Kingdom on a Tuesday morning with Brother Jeff Arrington. And uh, we've got a question that just came in. Brother Jeff? Yes. The question is, you know, you hear a lot of people say, God's in control. Okay? But then you hear a lot of (laughs) preachers say, hey, don't say that. He put us in control. So the question is, which is it? Repeat that again. I, I didn't hear the first part. Well, a lot of preachers will say God's in control. You know, no matter what, God's in right. control, God's in control. But yeah. then there's those faith preachers that say, you know, quit saying that. He's put us in control. It's finished. He did his part. So right. which is it? That's the question. It's both. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's both. But you got to understand it's by representation. God put us in uh, authority by representation because God is authority. That's why his training is crucial, that we come under the discipleship of the Lord Jesus Christ, who puts us in a series of training in our lives that we may represent him on the earth and not substitute him. See, when we represent him, then we have backup. We have authority. We are in control because we're in unity with the head, Christ Jesus, the head of the church. See, we can't go independent and lawless and try to control things in the flesh. No, authority is all about being under authority. See, when you're under authority, then you have authority. This is the centurion principle. Mm -hmm. This goes back to uh, what Jesus said, I come not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. That's representation. That's why he had backup, see. That's why the Lord was with him. And to be in control means that you're connected to the Lord, which means controller. The word Lord means controller or ruler. And when we're connected to the Lord, to his body, in representation of him, then we are in control with him. This is his heavenly being seated together with him in heavenly places. See? Mm. But it has to do with spiritual power, spiritual people, not carnal religious people. God is looking for spiritual people right now in the earth. That's what Satan hates the most. He hates spiritual people, people who understand that they have a a connection, see, with the Lord himself, not with just the knowledge of the Lord, but with the Lord himself, not just some type of doctrine or religion. No, with the person Christ Jesus, see. And, And he's revealing himself. He's the light. He's come, and he's revealing himself to every man, every woman that will receive him right now. See, the harvest is great. God is, is, his grace is here. So the control factor is based upon representation. And see, authority is, 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 there's three types of authority that we preach. There's divine authority, direct authority, and delegated authority. Mm-hmm. See, we are delegated authority. The Father himself is, is divine authority. Christ is direct authority, right? And then we are delegated. He delegates authority to us. See? And what happens with police officers, they're delegated authority, right? That's why they wear the badge. Now, I know they're, uh, 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 you got to understand, God made humans, right? We all agree to that. We're all humans, right? Amen. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I always well, think that, but nowadays they say there's a thousand well, genders. I don't know what well, God made Adam <laughs> from Adam came all human. And the race, culture, creed, uh, ethnic background, God made humans. I understand, now, brother. Yeah. It, it breaks down to different types of humans, but you got to understand, you're going to have some bad humans 
in all races. Am I right about it? Right. <laughs> Amen. There's going to be some bad people in, in, in every uh, uh, race, but the majority of the people are good people. The majority of the peace officers are good officers, but you're going to have some bad ones. But that don't negate the fact that God has set in, see, official authority. And Satan is trying to remove official authority. So he can remove, so he can move with lawlessness. Let's go to Psalm chapter 2 and link that to Matthew uh, 2.6, because this official authority governor, Jesus, has come to the earth, and he is the light, see? He's the light of the world. And Psalms 2, verse 1, it says, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth have set themselves and their rulers to take counsel against the Lord, against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Now, let's read. I'm going to read this in the good news so you understand it better. Why do the nations play in rebellion? <laughs> Why do the people make useless plots? Their kings revolt. Their rulers plot together against the Lord, against, the, against his king he's chose. Let us free ourselves from their rule, they say. Let us throw off their control. But the Bible says that the Lord sits in the heaven and laughs. Because he is official authority. They think by removing the police force, they're going to stop God Almighty? No, I don't think so. This is Satan behind this, though. Let's look at the, the, the one that's masquerading behind the mask. And, and, this, and what we're doing the last couple of weeks, uh, guys, we're unmasking Satan. See, we're, we're mm -hmm. taking the mask off. So he can't hide behind flesh and blood. But we're exposing this evil spirit that has a plot and a plan to deceive people and take as many people down as he can. But the light has come, see, and the glory of the Lord has risen. <clears throat> and I do believe it's going to be one of the greatest harvest times in, a, in American history. Amen. And so many people turning to Christ because the, where sin abounds, right? That's right. Grace more abounds. Right. Where there's gross darkness, the light shines the brightest. And right now, Although we see chaos, because people want to remove the restraint. See, uh, authority is all about restraint. What does it restrain? It restrains the movement of lawlessness and evildoers. The Bible is clear in Romans 13 that they that that, that minister the sword or, or carry out uh, righteous judgment are those are ministers of God. They serve the Lord. See, police officers, they're ministers of God. But who do you think Satan is attacking the most? The ministers, those that serve, uh, uh, those that serve God and keep things in order. See? It keeps evil in check, and we as uh, people of God need to get behind any type of official authority that's representing authority, representing what's right. We need to get behind that. See, in spirit. Now God's gonna weed out the bad, bad, but He'll never never get rid of his official authority. See. Mm -hmm. And if you remove official authority from your life, see, and that's what a lot of people, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Yeah, right. Yeah. In this world, there will always be authority because God is authority. Amen. You know, when most teenagers with without the understanding of, <laughs> you know, they make the statement, I can't wait to be grown. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Right. I, think I said that when I was a teenager. That's deception. You will always be told what to do in this world. Yep. 
just trading in who it is. Huh? It'll always be something to tell you what to do. That's right. That when that when that 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 bill come in the mail, it's gonna tell you what to do. Right? <laughs> Am I right about that's, it? That's right. You had when a electric bill shows up. <laughs> yeah. The electrical bill shows up. It's gonna tell you what to do. Right? That's right. Uh, you had a listener. You, a car, huh? you had a listener. Amen. With you here, uh, said God gives us official authority in Jesus' name, and God backs it up. So, amen. Amen. I believe that. Yeah. And see, authority is everywhere. I mean, I step outside right now. You know what? If I stepped in my car and drove, there's a stop sign. You know what that stop sign does? It tells me what to do. That's right. It the the line the lines on the road tell you what to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because that's divine that's order without order that's chaos right that's right if you remove all the the the, the lines and the stop signs stop lights what, what are you gonna have on the road that's right i've been in countries like that <laughs> it's different that's for sure you ought, to, you ought to go to nepal it's just a big wide road that's just comes a free for all in it yeah <laughs> well and, and it's the thing right now that everybody's yelling for right now is what justice where do you think justice comes from where do you think justice comes from and with justice comes what rule and order they don't want justice they want mercy yeah there's that's a good that's distinction. what they want that's yeah. what they're yeah well see that's what christ has brought though he's brought uh, uh official authority to the earth and uh divine authority direct authority him the father and the son they are both that they are direct divine and, and, and Satan understands that, see, like never before. And that's what got him kicked out of heaven, see. Right. Because he decided that he, he nobody's going to tell him what to do. Well, that's not going to work in the kingdom of God, right? Right. And God is a God of order. I can tell you right now, in the heavens, there's divine order. There's not chaos. There's not up, up, uproar. There's not, see, and we'll get into that. But the kingdom of God is all about divine order. And Satan understood that, and when he visited Eve and Adam in the garden, see, he, he brought this order. They were at peace. They were being ruled by their spirit. They were fellowshipping God. Everything was in harmony, unity. And then here comes Lucifer. Here comes Satan, the deceiver, and he tricks, tricks them into eating from the wrong tree, the tree of selfishness and self-government. And what happens is, they lost the rule of their spirit. Mm -hmm. And now, instead of being ruled by their spirit, they're ruled by their, their feelings, their soul, their mind, their will, their emotions. And they say, you know, fear sets in. And, and they say, you know, they, they're under a curse. And uh, to this day, see, man has been under that curse until we receive the light. Mm -hmm. And Christ is the light. See? He set things back in order. Right. Right. What we lost, what Adam lost, Jesus sets it back right. That's why the scripture says, any man be in Christ. He is a new, new creature. creature. Yeah. The word creature, that word, if you look it up, the Greek word means to be set back in order. Hmm. To set back to the original formation. And that spirit rule. And God is looking for spirit rule people. People who are not moved by emotions and not moved by reasonings and logics and debates, and but are moved by the Word of God, uh, that are under the control of the Word of God. Their spirit is under control. Their spirit is able to, to follow the Holy Spirit within their spirit. Spiritual people. 
And we need spiritual power in the earth right now. See, we don't need soul to soul wrestling and debating and, and all that in the flesh and carnality with, with, with what's going on because Satan is a master see, of the flesh. That's the realm he lived in. But if you have your Bible, let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Oh, it's time for another break, right? We can get this scripture in, though. Let's let's go to Matthew chapter 4 and link this scripture to Isaiah 60. It says that uh, 15 and 16, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan of Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light. And to them which sat in the regions in the shadow of death, light has sprung up. Now, we'll continue this after the break, but there's a, a light has come, and the many that can and grasp this light, it has the power to bring them from the shadows of death into the tree of life, and we'll discuss that next. Amen. All right. Well, top of the hour means we're going to honor some more of our sponsors and underwriters, and we're going to come back with Brother Jeff here in just a moment, and we're looking forward to it. Stick around with us here on Voice in the Kingdom. Welcome in, Voice in the Kingdom here on the Box 2 Radio Network. We're here on a Tuesday morning. We have Brother Whitney Ward here in studio, and our Tuesday co-host is Brother Jeff Arrington on the phone with us from Marshall, Texas. Uh, we're getting into some good stuff this morning, and we uh, left right before the break. Uh, we were in Matthew 4, 15, and 16, and uh, that last verse, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death light is sprung up and that's where we left off heading heading into the fulfillment break. of Isaiah 60 is still being fulfilled today yeah the light is rising and any man that will receive the light he has ability to, to quicken his spirit which is the dead which Adam lost and he lost the Bible says the scripture says that in the day you partake of that tree you shall surely die but when he ate from that tree his, he lost the light of his spirit right away and later on his his body and, and everything began to decay and to die, but Christ has come to restore, see, the light. The Bible says that the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. See, our, our, our spirit is the light that brings information and, and brings clarity and understanding and light. And see, the three L's of God, there's the light, Christ is the light, Christ is life, and Christ is love. We'll discuss that a little bit, but from that day, the Bible says, they that set in darkness, a light has come. And, and 17 says, from that time, from that time, we're in a time, an opportune time right now. Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, turn, change your mind, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's an opportunity to be set back in your original formation, to be set back in your original purpose, to find again what you are in the earth realm for. The kingdom of Within the kingdom realm, there's understanding of purpose. There's life. Now, this word kingdom comes from the word base, basilia. It has to do with the foundation of power. And Jesus is saying, look, I've come with enough power, right, to remove anything contrary to God in your life. Mm, amen. The kingdom has come, the kingdom of the heavens. Why the Bible says the heavens? Because if you go outside and look at the sky, there's no end to the heavens. 
there's no end to his rule. You can you can look from north, south, east, and west. As you look up into the sky, there's no end to the rule of God. There's no limit to his power. That's why he said all things are possible to them that believe the gospel. He wants to bring help, healing. This comes with the kingdom of heaven. It's at hand. It's close. Those of you listening right now, if you want to go higher in God, you want more of God, you want to get out of the shallow end, see, and, and that's the cry of the Spirit. He's wanting the body of Christ to grow up. Get out of the nurseries. Get out of those baby land churches. Get out of those places where you can't grow. He wants you to become an amazing, mature, seasoned son of God that you can receive this official authority, this badge from God, that even the demons, the devil, have to take heed to you because you are in representation of the heavens. See, you're in representation of the heaven. And this is where God is calling. He's calling men and women out, out of their whatever, and come into Christ. See, and there's a cry in the spirit for unity, the unity of the spirit right now. Because there's so much power in unity. Mm. That's why I say you love chaos and division, strife, contention. That's why he loves nations, fighting against nations yeah. and wars. All this is satanic. All this is the fruit of his seed, see, of uh, his nation and of his people. But we are not of that realm. The Bible says that we are a chosen generation. We are a holy nation, separated for the purpose of God. That's what Israel, the natural Israelites, were for. They were chosen and separated for the Lord. What's so is the ecclesia of the church? And we'll talk about that, see. And this is where the light had come, understanding of who we are as a nation. The heavens are at hand right now. And God wants heaven on earth. He don't want you to leave. He wants you to uh, receive the heaven, the power of the heaven. The Bible says that it's given unto us the taste of the age to come. There's a power that we can taste right now if we will receive Christ in this dimension of his rule. He's a governor. He's a ruler. He's not a religious leader, Jesus Christ. He's a person. He's a ruler. He's a governor. See, that's what we were birthed. The church is governmental. Prayer is governmental. Whatever we do, it has a governmental base to it because the God that we serve, he's a king by first order. And then he's a priest. Yes. So today God is looking for spiritual power, guys, spiritual men and women who know how to activate their spirit and know what's available to them. And yes, he's at the left, right hand of the Father. He says, now, you rule thou in the midst of your enemies. There's enemies all around us, not flesh and blood, body of Christ. Enemies, principalities, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. The Lord put it out there for us to understand that. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But these foes are powerful. But you know what? The Lord told us, guys, in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, he said the weapons of our warfare. I'm not carnal, but mighty through God. We have to learn how to operate in these spiritual weapons that's been given us. And prayer is one of them. Prayer is one of the spiritual weapons that God has given us. His word is a spiritual weapon. Did not the scripture says that the word of God, which is the soul of the spirit, right? The word of God is the soul of the spirit. And Amen. we have to learn how to yield and, 
as a master swordsman, the word of God, be trained and taught how to yield the sword. And this is where I know God is calling men and women to train, to, to know how to implement his word and apply his word, see, which has power to push Satan out of any city. If the saints would get together, just think about it, Whitney, if the saints would get together in, in unity, right, we can drive him out of any atmosphere, in any city, with just our unity, just coming together. In unity, in the spirit. We may not ever agree on all the doctrines of the word, that's fine. But one thing we must agree on, see, and that Jesus Christ was raised on that third day, and that we must proclaim him Lord of all. Mm. Right? Yes. Amen. That's the key to our power. That he he came and he died for three days, and on that third day he rose. And he's alive forevermore. And we declare that he's Lord of all. And that's our unity. That's where the power is. See? We come into that. Now we rule with him, guys. We rule with him. Now, I want to talk about there's an uh, Old Testament allegory in the book of Daniel, chapter 4. Can we go there for a minute? Absolutely. First, any questions, guys? Any input in this? No, this is good stuff. Daniel, chapter 4. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but it's about a king who rose up in pride and arrogance, and God had to visit him to let him know <laughs> who, who's ruling here. So if you go down, if you let us look at verse 17, there was a declaration or decree that came forth, and I use this for our, you know, our government and elections here. It says in Daniel 4:17. This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the Holy One to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdoms of men and gives it to whomsoever he will and set it up over it the basis of men. Now, I use this concerning our government. We got a 2020 election. I'm saying the Most High rules in the kingdom. And Father, you set up over it whomsoever you will. The kingdoms of men. I believe that. I, I believe God changes not. I believe He still sets up men over kingdoms, over nations, over cities. And I believe God, we're calling for His choice. Amen. We're calling for who God has called to rule. Another thing we see in our world what's under attack? Satan wants the seat. Right? What seat? The executive office of the White House mm. is one of the most powerful seats in the world, is it not? That executive office that President Trump is holding right now is one of the most powerful offices in the world. Well, who wants it back? Satan wants it. For what? So he can exercise his influence, right? Right. He wants to influence the nation into darkness. We see that. He wants to bring all of this satanic doctrines and philosophy to our nation and cause the people to error and go into sin and transgression. And if you look back in history, that's been the downfall of every great empire, right? Satan raised up wickedness and then God has to let it run its course. And a lot of times those nations, they dissolve or dry up, right? <laughs> because 
There's no spirit power there. There's no spiritual power. But I want you to know that God got millions of people here in America that hadn't bowed to Baal. Many people that love him and, and are born of his spirit. That's why this, the war is so intense, guys. Amen. Because the church, the ecclesia, the body of Christ is stationed here on earth. And this is what Christ said, I'm going to build me something, a base of operation. Not a religious organization or building where people just go back and maintain the independent life. No, he says, I'm going to build me a body. People that will come into my my relationship with me and understand that I have a cause and a purpose on the earth, and they will join me, see, with joining Christ as his body and representing on earth the kingdom of God as it is in heaven. That's why he said pray. When you pray, pray thy kingdom come, the rule, thy, thy providence, thy sovereignty come in my life and set me back in order. And that's what's happened to me. And that's going to happen to anybody because the kingdom of God is available. Now, this king, he decided that he was the man. And the watchers came. God sent the angels. And, then, and the Bible says that Daniel, they changed his name to Belshazzar, but his name is Daniel. He came He came with the interpretation of the dream. And he told the king, look, God's going to cut you down. He's going to show you and humble you for seven years till you learn something. And if we pick it up in verse 26, it says, and, and whereas they commanded to leave the stump, of the tree root thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee out of that thou shalt have known that the heavens do rule so this king had to learn something who was in authority hmm. and do you know what america has to learn who's in authority <laughs> huh who's in authority that's right the america had to learn that the heavens do rule <laughs> That's right. He's the king. You're going you gonna to wander in the wilderness. Your life's going to be unsure until you learn something. And the thing about it, when once you learn something, the scripture says, your kingdom shall be sure. See, once I come into the revelation of who's in charge, my future became sure. My destiny became sure. See, this is, what, this is why Paul said in, in Timothy, the foundation of God is sure. Once we learn who's in charge, and we come under that and give our hearts to it, your future will be certain and sure. And no devil and demon can stop your future because God has a plan. Does he not? Yes, he does. Yes, he has a plan. He said in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. And see, once we realize that the heaven do rule and we come under that, then God is able to set in motion the plans that he has for you. You see, right now, America wants to deviate and go a different way. Well, God says, okay, but you're going to learn something. This goes all the way down to the individual. They're going to learn in this lifetime who rules in the kingdoms of men. And if you don't learn the lesson, you're going to learn it later on in the next life. Am I right about it? <laughs> yeah. Huh? You're right. Is that not true? We're going to learn either now or later, right? Who rules? The heavens. The heavens rule. And once we come into the revelation, understanding of that, see, we step into the, the, the peace of God, into the rest of God. See, now we don't have to, to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, anymore. We, we enter into a supernatural rest, Paul was talking about, because now our lives have been uh, 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 predestinated. See, that's what Paul said, that God chose us before 
the foundation of the world and preordained, predestinated us, right, to, to fulfill a certain purpose on this earth. It was predestined. And those that find that that which was already predestinated and begin to walk in it, see, they step into a supernatural peace that no man can take from them. And I can tell you guys have stepped into something right there in Kentucky, right? You've stepped into something that God's will is being revealed to you, too, mm-hmm. by being on the radio show. And this wasn't planned because you had no idea you guys would be on the radio, right? Nope. <laughs> Together. <laughs> This, this was not in the plans, was it? <laughs> nope, not a bit, not a bit. But God, see, but but God in His sovereignty see, and His providence orders your steps, did He not? That He did. Yeah, yeah, He orders your steps. You didn't plan this, neither did I. That's the heavens ruling. I'm trying to help people understand how the heavens rule, sovereignly and providentially. God is able to order your steps and your destiny. Because it's already pre preordained, see? See that, and that's what Satan hates. That's what Satan hates. That's I a, didn't read it, but huh? That's a big word in the church community. What's uh, that? Predestinated. That's a uh-huh. big, they go so many different directions on right. that word, brother Jeff. So uh, yeah. Well, it's a, it's an easy word to understand. Pre means before, right? Right. And destined has to do with the destination that you want to arrive to or get to. God has a destination for your life. See, I want to I want to be like Apostle Paul. At the end of his, his destiny, he was able to, I finished my course. See, he, he finished. He, he got to his right destination. And he was able to say, I finished mm-hmm. my assignment. Now, crown is waiting for me. Yeah, but so many people take that word, that phrase predestinated is more or less what will be, will be. Yeah. No. And then no, they, no, and no, they no. lose. Let me break it down to they you. Lose, they you lose the sight. They lose to, the sight of huh? their. They lose the sight of God is all knowing, but that means that he knew all the choices you were going to make, but he did not right. make you make the choices. Right. When, when you put the GPS in your yeah. phone and it takes you somewhere, do you always go where it tells you right. to go? See, they, no. they lose right. the sight of that. that that's a yeah. big one in the church community yeah. and some of these other, I guess you call well, them. Well, let's look at it in, in Ephesians chapter, chapter 1. See, can I bring some understanding to that from the Word, from the, from the Scriptures? Let's look at verse 11. See, how that brings some light to it for me. It says that, In whom also... We have ordained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Now we see here, we see two words here. We see counsel and we see will. They're two different Greek words, right? Counsel and will. The word counsel is volition. God has a right to choose. He's given us volition. We're just like him. He's given us a right to choose, right? Mm-hmm. It says, and then the word will here has to do with what he has determined to do. It's like this. Say, for instance, us, we three were going on a cruise, right, Whitney? Quincy. Yes. We're going on a cruise together, Alaskan cruise. 
I can imagine it. Right. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> our wives. We're all on our Alaskan cruise, right? It may come to pass, but we're <laughs> on an Alaskan cruise. That captain has already set a destination, right? Right. But then on that big old ship, there are different places that we can visit and go into by our own choice and volition, right? Mm-hmm. You may want to go up certain places I don't want to go. I may want to go where you want to go. We may want to go together on that ship. But that ship has a destination. It's going there. What you do on it is up to you. Hmm. Right? Yeah. But it has a destination. And whether you like it or not, it's going to that destination. It's just like the will of God, the kingdom of God. God has set a destination for this world, whether we like it or not. What we do will determine our judgment on the other side. See, we can choose to do His will as we travel on this on this destiny to to get to where God is trying to ultimately get the earth realm and the people to. He can say, "Well done, I good and faithful sir. You did my will." Or we can do our own thing, do what we want to do. See, while we're on the earth. And then, you know, there's another judgment to that. So the will of God is going to be done as far as the destination. Now, what we do in the journey of that destination is up to us. What we do with our life, right? The choices that we make. We Amen. By our own choice, by our own volition, that's what I did years and years and years ago. I'll never forget it. I begin to pray the scriptures out of Matthew chapter 6. Thy kingdom come, thy will be in my life. I made it personal, right? What do you think that did to, to to loose the hands of God in my life? That that prayer. So we don't understand how powerful our volition is. When I begin to pray the will of God in my life, see, I believe it was all inclusive. I wasn't married then. See, I wasn't married. Uh, I was single. I was in North Carolina. But when I begin to pray God's will be done, I begin to set in motion. See, what was predestinated for me person within god's will he had a wife for me see a destination to 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 execute his will on the earth all that is included in the will of god but we must activate it with our volition you understand that Mm. yes sir that's how i i see it also that's why i brought it up so you could share it you know right well that's what we teach our young girls our young boys about marriage you begin to pray God's will for your life. Within that will, believe me, God has a mate for you. In the right time, in the right place. I've been involved in I don't know how how many spirit-led marriages just like that. That God will reveal it and it'll come in right on time. I've seen young ladies grow up here, young men grow up here, and God will lead them right to their mate by the Spirit of God. Over and over and over again. If we would just acknowledge Him in all our ways. This is the higher life. See, and That's what we need to teach our young people. God has a make for you. God has a plan for you. This is the heaven's ruler. This is the heaven. God knows exactly what you need. God don't make mistakes. He knows exactly your desire and your heart. He's not going to do anything contrary uh, uh, to what you like. He's going to give you a mate. And believe me, 
he can choose, man. Yeah. <laughs> and we get out of the way, right? Yeah, right. Well, that's the thing. We we have choices to make on that ship, too. There's boats that you can take if you want to. There's, there's ports when you go out. You make the choice to get back on the ship to go to the destination you're supposed to go to. Uh, there's that's choices. It. There's choices we have to make uh, to get to that destination. Though the ship is going, we got to choose to be on it. And that's spirit-led, see? And that's what God's looking for, spirit-led men and women. They're the most powerful force in the earth, and Satan knows that. He knows that. See, see one thing about the, the devil, he's not afraid of a preacher, pastor, apostle, prophet, evangelist, baptist. He's not afraid at all. One thing he fears the most is when a man of God surrenders his life to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Mm. As long as you retain your life, you're no threat to Satan. But the moment you empty your life and say, Father, fill me with the knowledge of your will, now you become the, a threat to the kingdom of darkness like now before. Mm. Do you understand the difference? Yes. Yes. There's nothing wrong with me being having a gift and doing it my way. <laughs> you know, he, that's Luciferic by nature. Do it your way. He don't care about If I'm an apostle, prophet, do it your way. <laughs> but if I empty out and say, God, fill me with your will, please, sir. Now yeah. I become a threat. See? Yeah. And that's what we need in the body of Christ. We need men and women who know how to empty themselves and be filled see, with the knowledge of his will and carry it out. That's how we do the most damage to Satan. They got to understand, our Lord was the pattern, was he not? Yes. He was the pattern himself. He knew he knew he was the son of God at 12, and yet he still went home. Mm. For 18 years, he did that. That's a mystery to me, how he was so disciplined, knowing that he had, he was the son of God, had the power, knew the scriptures. Right. Even the Pharisees, they marveled at his understanding of the scriptures at 12 when he stood up and taught them. But yet he went home Whew. until the appointed time of the Father. And see... He hit the mark, see, the impact. Now, he could have been lawless and say, no, I'm the son of God. I'm going to start my ministry right now. I'm going to do what I want to do right now, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and did all that work, but out of the will of God. Hmm. And then Satan would have loved it. Matter of fact, Satan tempted to misrepresent and to substitute. What was the first temptation? Remember the first temptation he gave the Lord? If thou the be the stone. Son of God. <laughs> yeah, if thou be the Son if. of God. Command these stones. To command these stones. Right. Right? And then the next temptation, he came again. See, everything was about to misrepresent, right? All of them started Use with a question. Gift. Use your authority. Do it your way. You're hungry. You're starving. Show the world you have power. Turn these stones into some biscuits, man, and eat them. Right. He said, no. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, right? That proceeded, that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Come on. <clears throat> now, see, he's in total representation. Then he wanted him to jump off the building and show forth his power, how powerful he was, you know. He said, jump off this building, man. You you God. God said he's going to bring angels to catch you. Jump off. Pick up these rattlesnakes. Show everybody. <laughs> show everybody who you are. And what did he say? Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. That's right. <clears throat> Man, you're talking about total representation. 
And then the last one was to me, and he takes him up to the high, high mountain, right? I'm going to bless your ministry. I'm going to prosper your ministry. You're going to have thousands following you. You're going to have, man, thousands on millions on, on Facebook, Twitter, all the accounts. You're going, <laughs> man, just bow down and worship. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I'll give you the glory of these kingdoms. Just worship. Just, just, right. just bow your knee to me. And what did he do? It is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only. Then you're talking about representation. And then we wonder why he said, all authority has been given unto me. Why? Because he's in total representation of the heavens at this point. And see, when we represent as the church, as the ecclesia, if you if you study the early church life, they were so in, in unity with the Holy Spirit and representation and authority that he could manifest his power. And I believe that's where we're headed back to Whitney and Quincy. Back to that day where we come into unity with the head, Christ Jesus. And then we'll see the worms. When I say the worms, I say those men, arrogant men and women who speak against God like Herod. See, we'll see those days return. This New Testament. Right? Right. Remember Herod vexed certain of the church? He took Jane. He killed Jane. But the Ecclesia, the people got together at John Mark's mother's house, and they began to pray governmental prayer. You lose him, and then they say, no, God sent an angel and let Peter go, man. He sent an angel and let him go. Then you read on, Herod, still arrogant and pride, he stood up with a speech and, and, and didn't give glory to God, and the worms, the angel smoked him, and the worms ate him. Publicly. Do you not know that brought fear on the church, on everybody watching? Right? Right. Wouldn't that wouldn't that shake you a little bit? <laughs> if you, you see a man of God up preaching and, and he didn't give God the glory and he got this arrogance and pride and all of a sudden he just falls in the worm and begin to eat it. Oh, that will shake us up. But see that was New Testament stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was New Testament. We had that, the Bible uh, says that then it says at the end of that, but the word of God grew and prevailed. That's right. Yeah. We had that as a trivia question last week. <laughs> We talked Did about you? that. Yeah, we we asked, we asked about what what after Herod gave that speech, what happened to him? It didn't just say he got killed. He didn't just say he dropped dead. He said he got ate. <laughs> no, the worms ate. It's specific. <laughs> That's right. And I'm calling for the worms again. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, we need to go well, ahead. Well, what you're saying, everything that you've been ministering on the last few minutes is. It goes back to what Jesus meant when he looked at the rich young ruler, mm -hmm. and he said, one thing do you lack? Sell everything yeah. you got. Get yeah. rid of it all, young man, and come and follow me. Couldn't do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. That was the test of his heart. Too. Right. Knowing, knowing Jesus, he would have said, okay, you pass the test. Now go back home and enjoy your stuff. But that was the, the guy. <laughs> he always proves the heart, see? Yeah. But he, he had too many possessions. He couldn't let him go. See, the same thing he did it with Abram. Remember, he took, yep. Abram, he took Abraham, took the son up. He said, no, don't do it. I know your heart. I was just getting ready to say that. I, <laughs> I had a, I heard a preacher say once, Brother Jeff, and I won't say that. It, this is It sounds good. He said he believed, you know, when they was taking Jesus from the garden, and it says, this young man runs up to him with a loincloth, and he drops his loincloth, and he takes off running. 
He said, I like to believe that was the rich young ruler. And right before they took Jesus to the cross, he, he showed up. He said, look, I gave everything away, and I'll even run out of here naked. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we're here at the bottom of the hour. We've got to take this break. We're going to come back with more. We've got a little bit left with Brother Jeff here this Tuesday morning. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Ephesians chapter 1. From the Box 2 Radio Network. And we are back with Voice in the Kingdom. Yes, we are. Thank you, Anita. This is the Box 2 Radio Network. And Mary Vincent got on it very quickly this morning, got the trivia question correct after Philip baptized the eunuch, and the Spirit caught Philip away. Where was Philip found? And that was at Azotus. I think that is how that's pronounced. I don't know that for sure, but that's how I'm going to say it. That's in Acts 8, 39 and 40. Mary Vincent's name is in the drawing for that copy of The Journey by Dr. Bill Fout, and that'll be on uh, next Friday. Usually you can get away with that, but Brother Jeff probably knows how it's pronounced. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I try my best. That's all I can do. Uh, so there's probably a myriad of ways that it can be said. But uh, anyway, <laughs> all right, we've got a, a couple of segments left here on this Tuesday morning here with Brother Jeff, and uh, we're going to keep on trucking here we're in we're into some some good stuff here and we're going to let him keep going well you know the, the spiritual kingdom that we've been invited to the call of god is god has called us into his kingdom it's a spiritual thing and very few people understand their spirit see we, we learn so much especially in the body of christ There's a lot of knowledge in the body of christ but very few understand their human spirit and the holy spirit when we got born again, God not only quickened our spirit made it alive, he said, I'll put my spirit in you. And and I hold the spirit in our spirit, see now, or or together. And we have to learn how uh, our human spirit operates, right? And how to give him first preeminence in our life and not our feelings, our mind and our emotions. So that's that retraining. God has to reconstitute us in the kingdom, reconstitute us in the way uh, we should go. See, this is training up a child. And that's why the scripture says, when the father loves, he trains up. The word saving means to train up. Same word. Train up a child. How to be led by the spirit. This is where we're going to do the most damage to Satan. This is what God's looking for spiritual men, spiritual fathers that can teach and train, disciple younger men, younger ladies to come into uh, a spiritual growth and maturity. Now, Proverbs 16. 32. Look at the potential here. Let's look at two, two uh, scriptures here. First one is Proverbs 16, 32. We're talking about kingdom power, having a great influence in prayer, whether it be intercessory up to God or governmental kingdom prayer down and speaking to Satan. It says that he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that rule of his spirit and he that can take a sip. Hmm. Hallelujah. 
virtue of a man or woman of God under the rule and under the tutorage of the Holy Spirit, tutoring governor. That's the potential of the success of that processing of growth time that we put in with the Lord. He wants to make us a ruler of our own spirit, our first order. If we can rule our spirit, then we become powerful in the earth. Slow to anger, see? not responding in the flesh when we're tempted of Satan. And that's what's going on right now with all the uprising and all the, even the coronavirus, all this stuff. If we can res- learn how to respond, see, from the spirit and not from the flesh or the carnality of our own fears, see, we can now rule in the heavenlies over these cities, the saints. It's enough saints right here in Marshall right now. And uh, that's why prayer is so important, to be spiritual prayer, not carnal prayer. In order to have spiritual prayer, you must have spiritual people, right? In order to be spiritual people, we must live some, some, a life of holiness and a life of distinction separated from the world as far as our own heart, not loving things more than God, right? <clears throat> so the first order of, of ruling your human spirit is receiving Jesus Christ, who's able to quicken. Bible says he quickens and makes us alive again. We were once dead, trespassing and sin, but Christ has come to quicken our human spirit, make it alive, see, put it back in its rightful place, and we become spirit ruled people. And the next verse is in Proverbs 25 28. Here it says, <clears throat> We can take a city. In Proverbs 25, 28, it says, He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down without walls. You have no defense. If you can't rule your spirit, you have no defense against Satan. As a whole, this nation, if we cannot get back over into our spirit ruling and talking to the church, this nation, then we have no defense. But I know there's a remnant. God always has a remnant of spirit-led people, people who understand the, who God is and how to tap in with their spirit, spirit power. Now, there's a series of lessons and teachings from the scriptures where we can exercise our spirit through prayer and through meditation. And this is what God told Joshua. This book of the law, Joshua 1.8, shall not depart from out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate, that word, meditate, shoot, over and over and over, shoot the word of God, eat the word of God. It begins to strengthen your human spirit, the word. Man shall not live by bread alone. This is what we eat for every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. That's how we become strong in spirit, right? Strong in spirit. Now, if we go to Ephesians the book of Ephesians is all about <clears throat> understanding warfare, all of that. It's right there in the book. But if you get to the heart of it, it's all about the spirit of a man and the spirit of God becoming one. And this is where Apostle Paul, if we go to Ephesians, if you look at chapter 6, verse 10, I've been teaching on this on Wednesdays, guys. For the last three Wednesdays, it's been my foundational scripture right here. Ephesians chapter 6, we'll go about 3 in a minute. It says, uh, 
it's all about relationships. It's all about relationships uh, from children to parents to husband and wives to bosses to owning stuff and bossing people. It deals with relationships. And Paul understood the warfare in these type of relationships. So in verse 10, he says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He didn't say the Lord will make us strong. This is the way he says, you be strong. How do we be strong in the Lord? By exercising our spirit in prayer, keep the Holy Spirit, building up ourselves almost holy, praying in the Holy Spirit, meditating the Word. We become strong in the Lord. And that's what's needed in this hour, especially in this hour, where Satan is tempting the church, see, to get out of the spirit into the flesh and join the earthly realm and all the earthly uh, insights and all the earthly counsel that we're hearing. You turn on the news, all you're going to hear is, is earthly philosophy. I'm talking to the church. Do not respond in the flesh to what you hear in our day. It's all coming from the soul. If you listen to the news, most of all the news is coming from the suitcase realm. It's coming from the soul realm. It's coming from a man's emotions, a man's mind, a man's reasoning. It's all satanic by nature. By nature. Mm-hmm. What we're looking for is the voice of the Lord, which is able to edify and build us up and make us strong. And there's a war going on right now in the, in the spirit world. We know we know the war is going And God is, is, is equipping us now on the de- how to deal with that. And one of the main scriptures is finally, my brother, and be strong in the Lord. You have to be strong in the Lord right now. <clears throat> Notice it's in the Lord. Not in your religion, not in your doctrines, not in your denominations, but in the Lord himself. Amen. When you first encounter God, you encounter the Lord Jesus. Be strong in that relationship. That's what he's talking about. And that will cause your spirit to be strong. Now, this is what makes the difference, right? What makes the difference. If a man is led by his spirit and rules and rule his spirit, see, now he's tapped into uh, uh, what Satan will resist. And, and that man, because that man now has a prayer life that's influential, that man has a relationship with others that are influential. Why? Because he's a life-giving spirit. That's the difference. The Bible says that the first Adam, right, was a living soul. But the last Adam is a life-giving spirit. Life-giving spirit. And wherever you're able to give life, see, Satan hates. He hates. He wants us to be religious and give a lot of knowledge and give a lot of uh, debates and, and, you know, but God says we are to be spiritual people and able to give life. Life. It's just going to change the world. Life. That's what Christ came to. He said, I came that you might have Life. Right? Right. John 10, 10. The thief come but to steal, kill, and destroy. <clears throat> but I come that you might have the life of God. And we're talking about eternal life. Yes. Who God is. The life of God. Not the knowledge of God. Not just the knowledge of God. By first order, the life of God. There's a difference. That's right. All right. The Lord knows we need ministers that can minister life, not just knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. That's what causes people to change 
causes the seed to be birthed in their heart, causes eyes to be opened, the veils to fall, when men are able to minister to life. Yes. And that's what it's all about, the force of the kingdom. It's all about Christ giving that eternal life. Mm-hmm. So let's ready to say That's causing men and women to see the kingdom. That's right. We gotta take this. We gotta take this last break. Yeah, I was gonna say you're gonna lead into it for me. I, I felt it coming. Good news from WBFI. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalms one nineteen one oh five. Box two radio network. All right, and we are back with Voice in the Kingdom. So Anita wanted it to be a quick break to get right back to it here with uh, Brother Jeff. So we're, we're already back here and ready to go here in this last segment with Jeff Arrington from Marshall, Texas. And, uh, you know, you were talking. That's that, right. This word, word of God is, is sweeter than honey, man. I'm telling you, it changes lives. It's the important thing of the show. These are, you shall be my witness. Amen. I'm a witness. Amen. What does the witness have? He has evidence. I have evidence that the kingdom of God will change your life. That's right? right. That's right. The kingdom of God will drive out, hallelujah, demonic forces. The kingdom of God will drive out familiar spirits. The kingdom of God will drive out family spirits, family curses. It will bring you out from the curse and bring you into the blessing. That's the power of the king. Amen. That's mm. why he's offering it to us, and I receive it, Lord Jesus. Amen. The <clears throat> last thing is out of Ephesians 3. This is Apostle Paul. Excuse me. This is Apostle Paul having a revelation of the dispensation of grace. He understood where we were and what time it is now. We're on this side of Calvary. Christ has died. He's risen. Uh, uh, he's shown himself alive for forty days with the, with the disciples. Now he's visited a man named Saul, changed his life. Now he's Apostle Paul, beginning Ephesians three. And Paul says, "For this call, verse one says, for this for this cause, I Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles." Paul saying that I've been raised up to bring the revelation of dispensation of grace and the kingdom to the Gentiles. This is Paul speaking. He says, now, I've been raised up to do this for you guys. Then we read all the way down. We're not going to read the whole chapter. We're going to redeem the time. Verse 7 says, Wherefore I was made a minister, a servant, according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effectual working of his power. In other words, that grace that God's given us has an influence, it has a power, it has an energy to it that causes us to get the job done. Paul was speaking here. He says, unto me, for less than least of all the saints, is this grace given, this influence from heaven. See, grace not only means favor, but it means influential. It means the influence of God upon your life. If you read the definition of grace, it has to do with divine influence. So here Paul saying that I've been influenced. This influence was given to me that I should preach among you, the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, this is the Jesus Christ and the deep things of God. Paul says, I have the ability now to tap into the treasure of God and bring it to the Gentiles and to make all men see what is the fellowship of this mystery, which from the beginning of the world have been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Now, we know that a mystery is a secret, something God had hid. But in the time of Apostle Paul, it was time for the unveiling of that mystery. What's the mystery? That we have been invited into the inheritance, just like the Jews. We have an access, an open door to God through Jesus Christ. See, and that was here. 
we have access to God. Now, Paul said, I must make all men see that they can be a part, the word fellowship, a partaker of the mystery. You can partake of the kingdom. You can partake of this bread, this bread of life that, that, that we're talking about today. Paul said, he wants you to see that you have opportunity. He wants you to understand that we've been invited into this grace. Then it says, uh, to the intent that now unto principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the body of Christ the manifold wisdom of God. So we live in the time where God that's going to show forth his manifold insight, his manifold wisdom. You think the devil, the devil thinks he's going to outwit God? He's deceived. Guess what? He's deceived. And that's been his MO from the from Revelation chapter 12. He deceived himself. But God's going to say, I'm going to use mankind, I'm going to use the body of Christ to bring forth this wisdom that's from above that's going to put Satan out of business for this purpose with the Son of God made manifest, right? To put Satan out of business, to destroy the work of the devil. Mm. And what God wants to do in your life, he wants to put Satan out of business in your life. Amen. Scripture says Amen. He wants to put him out of business concerning your family. He wants to put him out of business concerning your world. How does he do? How does he do that? By us receiving him, Jesus Christ. He begins to drive out little by little the enemies within you, your past. It may be sickness, it may be poverty, it may be lack, it may be fear, it may be all kinds of things. God says, "I'm going to drive them out of you, and I'm going to establish myself." my kingdom within you. Now listen to this. Paul says, this mystery is part of the mystery in whom we have boldness and access. Nothing to fear. Let us come boldly and access with confidence by the faith of him. Paul said, we have access to God now like we've never had before. And understanding all this, Paul said, in verse 14, for this call. What call? The call that we have access, we have confidence, we have grace. Paul said, for this call, I bow my knee. This is apostolic prayer. I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, in whom the whole family, Patria, that word is Patria, the whole family, Patria, in heaven and earth is named. Now, God has a family in heaven. He has a family on the earth. We are. We're invited into that. And this apostolic prayer is so powerful. It says in verse 16, it says that God will grant you. Paul understood some things. He was praying, interceding for the body of Christ, that God will grant us, according to the riches of that glory, to be strengthened. There it is again, to be strengthened. And this word is, has to do with to be empowered with might by his spirit and our spirit. He knew that this was the key for the ecclesia of the church to finish her assignment. He had to be strong in the spirit. We've been talking about this thing. You have to be strong. You have to root your spirit. In order to finish our assignment now as the body of Christ, Paul says that God will grant us according to this riches. That's how we're going to overthrow Satan. That's how we overthrow my life. Our spirit power. So you come forth in prayer. You know, tongues, man. You build yourself up. And then the Holy Spirit begins to give you interpretation. You begin to have the mind of Christ downloaded, and you begin to speak, and you begin to declare and decree some things and pray some things. That's how we fulfill our assignment. 
Because now Christ is dwelling in us so powerfully that everywhere we go, demons have to acknowledge. Now, people may not see it, but demons do. Yeah. They see your human spirit glowing. See? There's a glow about your human spirit in the spirit world. When your spirit is strong, it has a glow about it. It has a light. It's a beacon in the spirit world. Demons acknowledge that. I've experienced this. See? I've experienced this where I was in a train station years ago with him. California, my wife and I were meeting out there and we were sitting in the train station and there was a woman to our left and all of a sudden we start having a conversation in the spirit without saying a word. Strangest thing, it was years and years ago. I, and I could hear her talking and she could hear me and I knew it was demonic and I kept saying, make a move if you want to, make a move if you want to. And she got up from that point, she got to the door and she screamed back, my God is greater than your God. And then she took off running. That's just like Lucifer in there. <laughs> Her God was pretty big to take off running, wasn't he? <laughs> He's such a liar, man. He's such a liar. He, she hollers out, my God is greater than your God while she's running. Right. <laughs> Girl, you believe a lie. You know what I mean? So that spirit world is so real. We can have conversations, I'm telling you, without saying a word and I, in that spirit world. And that's going to happen more and more with saints who, who tap into the strength of their human spirit and the Holy Spirit, see? When? Because we're in a spiritual world. We can't see them, but they can see us, see? When I first got saved, this hadn't happened to me as much anymore, but when I first got saved the first year, I would see people, and I would walk up to them, and I'd go, you know Jesus, don't you? And they'd go, yeah, I'm a preacher. It happened to me all the time. I just see yeah. these people, and I just walk right up to them. I go, you know Jesus, because I was just young. I didn't know nothing. I just come from 20 years of drugs. And I, the Lord yeah. would just show me preachers. Everywhere I'd go, yeah. I'd walk up to them and be like, you know Jesus. they go, yeah, I'm a preacher. And they'd start preaching to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. That, that's, so we live in a spirit world. We're spiritual people. Hallelujah. And we're not black or white. The kingdom of God is not black or white. It's not bond or free. It's not all. The kingdom of God is a spirit people. Yeah. When Paul said the family of God, he's talking about those that are born of the spirit. See? Mm. And that's the key. If we can live from that foundation that I've been in birth into a spiritual house, a spiritual family, being born of incorruptible seed, being born of the spirit. You see, this is what causes our spirit to begin to grow in the globe. In the night, so hmm. you see no blow in the night toys, uh, a Quincy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's our human spirit because it's dark outside, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, you see those tennis shoes they got that, that glow stuff on it, mm -hmm. that gel that glows. That's how demons see your spirit when they see your spirit glowing. It's uh oh, that's right. We're lightning it's bugs, uh -oh. we're lightning bugs right in there, <laughs> yeah, in the night. There you go. I don't know. Y'all might call them fire, fire, fireflies down there in Texas, but up around here, they're yeah, lightning yeah. bugs. <laughs> yeah, we like that a little bit better. I'll take the fireflies. All right, all right. <laughs> well, brother, we appreciate you on Tuesdays and uh, doing the work you're doing there in Texas as well, and I appreciate you taking time out. Yeah, thank you And so uh, I really I, I love, you know, this was back at the beginning, you talking about authority, divine authority, yeah. direct authority, delegated authority. That was, that was very poignant, uh, something we needed to hear today, and, Another great, great teaching this morning. So thank you, Brother Jeff. We appreciate it.
Thank okay. you. Okay. Well, the Lord's will will set, will set those three aspects of authority next time. All right. Uh, next week, the Lord will. Amen. And we'll continue on our growth in the Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Brother Jeff. Bless you, Brother. Okay. I'll be blessed today. All right, folks. Thanks for staying on with us here on The Voice in the Kingdom on the Box 2 Radio Network. And uh, we appreciate each and every person and their support. Brother Whitney, any last thoughts in the last few seconds I here? wish I'd have known Brother Jeff way back in because I'd ask people, like, is it possible for me to know people are saved? <laughs> they'd give me some answer, you know, like your spirit bears witness. So they weren't bad answers, but I wish yeah. I'd have known him back in. Yeah, well, we know him now, don't we? We got we got a lot of help. We love Brother Jeff. All Glory right. Glory be to God. Well, folks, this it's a is a maturing thing. Yeah. No matter who you would have known, it's, are you going to listen? That's right. The Lord's put people around all of us that, are we listening? That's the big thing. Well, we appreciate each and every one of you listening, and uh, we are uh, done for this Tuesday. Tune in with us again tomorrow morning and every week.